Working for love in all the wrong places. And just when they said it couldn't be done in a world filled with anger and grief and pain and uh, delight and sadness and uh, the holiday season's pending, and I know it brings great joy and anxiety, a combination of uh, heart disease as well as uh, the flavor of the Lord. So what else can I possibly say other than the splendid Bohemians have returned? That's what that We're back. That's what that introduction was leading up to. We're back to bring you love and joy. You like the way I did that? I took this little road that kind of like disconnects from everything. Always, yeah, always. I because you know, I have to. I I I chewed a little gummy the other night, thinking that it would help give me some sleep, and all it did, did was it help? no, it made me paranoid. Have you ever you gone can't. to Have you ever gone to sleep and be paranoid simultaneously? You're afraid to go to sleep. Yes, I, I've had I've had um, migraines in the middle of the night, and um, you know I, I sort of wake up half half awake, and I go, "Oh, pretty colors." <laughs> but you've been doing the pretty color scene most of your life, so that shouldn't be. Yeah, well, that's true. Yeah, so yeah, I mean, um, I, I'm lucky. I have migraines, but I don't get the headache. I just get the the um, the the aura of the visuals. Oh, but you don't get the actual. I don't get the crushing pain the, that follows. The head. In all the, I all I get is this kind of prismatic light show. The prismatic light show. It usually lasts about twenty minutes. That's a pretty long time, and and it's not like your head's in a vice. Mm-mm, no. Hmm. But I do get a little um, slightly nauseous, so I have to. If I'm in a dark room with my eyes closed until it passes is better. The human body is a very strange mechanism. As all, it is. As it's the first time it happened, I thought I was having some kind of a brain uh, issue. Issue, yeah. I yeah. went to the doctor. The doctor said, no, that's a migraine. I said, oh, okay, well, I guess I can live with it. Now, is that a Jewish thing, or do you think everyone of every culture all around the globe, they get the same fears when something happens to them physically that they're not anticipating. I think I think so, yeah. I think it's a universal. Oh, it's my heart. Oh, it's my brain. Oh, it's my shoulder. Oh, the knee, the knee. What's with the knee? That's the way I grew up, Bill. The but I, I subscribe to the what doesn't kill you makes you stronger uh, <laughs> aesthetic. Oh. <laughs> Yes, you do, my friend. That's one of the reasons I love you. Speaking of which, speaking of which, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. Let's go back to 1980. That was a hell of a year. That was a year I got sober. Yeah, it was a, it was a, uh, uh, I think a, um, a pivotal kind of year. I mean, that was the year our beloved John Lennon was shot. It was the year our beloved John Lennon was shot, and. Uh, we have, uh, in many ways, yet to recover from it uh, as far as uh, the creative expectation of what could have been as those Yeah, it's up. hard to believe it's been 41 years. Then you take a look at Get Back and you figure, you know, Yoko would have killed him anyway. So, you know, it's, prob- it's probably not a, it's prob- well, hey, 
very sorry, but the fact is she distracted me all the way through that goddamn eight hours. Uh, it didn't bother me. Eh, it bothered me. Bothered me for anyway, all. Anyway, it so bothered me what, in all the right are we places. Looking at today, we're looking at Yoko Ono singing <laughs> singing her country album, which of course includes many many hits like D I V O R C E and Go Sleep with Me and uh, Abandon Your Children, but don't hit me. That, that that's my that's my favorite Yoko song. But I remember the first movie I saw when I got sober. The movie was called Urban Cowboy. You real cowboy? Well, it depends on what you think a real cowboy is. Yes. Yes. First motion picture in a theater I went to after having been committed to the illness of alcoholism. Finally deciding I'm going to live the proper life and follow a path of righteousness. And, and I this film, you were, weren't the only one influenced by this film. It was a huge, huge hit, grossing $53 million and started all these mechanical bull and cowboy line dancing crazes. And I mean, people were just, uh, Mickey Gillies' career sought, you know, just soared. Um, a lot of things happened as a result of that movie. And the record that we're focusing on that came out of that movie was Looking for Love, sung by Johnny Lee. Because the name of the show is Put on a Stack of 45s, wherein we play a 45 RPM record of note that has made some impact in our social and uh, cultural uh, upbringing. Absolutely. And so therefore, we are today going to examine but not in length. <laughs> <laughs> We're already uh, a quarter into our Well, that's our come on, you know, if we can't if we can't talk about colors and That's know, not mince words. If we can't talk about migraines then what's the use of our relationship? Here's that's true. here's what the movie was for me. It was validation. The movie did not open any doors. In fact, I found the movie um, somewhat uh, debasing in a number of ways, coming from the life I had led and witnessing these lives. Uh, the revelation for me was Scott Glenn, who I think is one of the great character actors. And uh, of course, here's John Travolta once again. Dancing again with a new kind of dance. With a new kind of dancing. now. My, as you well know, my affiliation with country music goes back to childhood. Yes. yes. So, so you were probably insulted by this. I was somewhat insulted by it, but I was somewhat vindicated by it because the urban cowboy soundtrack became such a monumental hit, um, spawning numerous top 10 Billboard country singles the most the the one that is mostly mentioned particularly by buckwheat and elmer fudd is working for love in all the wrong places Walking by Penub. buckwheat thank you i asked bill to throw that in and he did so you're a good friend bill you always have been i'm here for you so listen what listen what comes out of this so you got looking for love this is a soundtrack album stand by me as performed by mickey gilly 
charts at number three. Look what you've done to me by Boz Skaggs. Now, Could I Have This Dance by Ann Murray was also on the soundtrack. Love the World Away by Kenny Rogers. And songs that were hits, such as The Devil Went Down to Georgia by Charlie Daniels. He's looking for soul to steal. He was in a bind because his way behind was willing to let the deal. When he came across this young man's on a fiddle and played it hot, and the devil jumped up on the hickory stone and said, Boy, let me tell you what. You probably didn't even know, but I'm a fiddle player too. Now, let's take a look at the career of Mr. Johnny Lee. And here's the question. Johnny wound up in uh, Branson, as many performers wound up. And uh, he had himself a uh, very nice marriage to, uh, who was that brought? Charlene Tilton. Oh, of course, Charlene Tilton. Do you believe that Johnny Lee would have come anywhere near stardom had it not been for the movie Urban Cowboy? Probably not. His only previous hit was a cover of Ricky Nelson's Garden Party. In 1977, and that, you know, that, what goes around comes around, because we've covered Garden Party. Yes, yes. And it makes no sense that Johnny Lee, of all people, because we have no real Johnny Lee history to understand why he would go to Garden Party. Yeah, I, it's it's a mystery. But the thing is that Mickey Gilly is very important in this whole equation, because he was working with, you know, he was an opener for Mickey Gilly, and he, and uh, when uh, Irving Azoff, who was producing the Enterprise, came to Gilly's club and, you know, saw Johnny Lee, he offered him the opportunity of, of singing the song or using the song on the movie. And the rest, as they say, is uh, history for John Lee Ham, H-A-M, born on the 3rd of July, 1946, in Alta Loma, Texas. And uh, he's still out there performing after turns with Asylum Records and Warners and Curb Records. So after looking for love, we're looking at Picking Up Strangers in 81, which is really the only other record I remember Johnny Lee record being played on country radio. Picking up strangers Let me tell you about the dangers You never know what they're out to get from you You never know what they're gonna try to do Picking up strangers Let me tell you about the dangers Some are just common thieves, they say The next thing you know, one will steal your heart Although he did have The Yellow Rose, which was a duet with Lane Brody, and it was the theme song to the NBC series of the same name. Do you remember that show, The Yellow Rose? No, not at all. No, not at all. Um, he had a song called Prisoner of Hope. Cherokee Fiddle 
is a great, great record um, and probably the best work that Johnny Lee had done. You don't remember Cherokee Fiddle? No. I Listen, uh, the, the reason that we're doing Wook and Penub was because I, <laughs> once again, I, this happened with uh, Bobby Darren's things. I woke up one morning just singing, looking for love. I don't know why this thing was in my head. I was not a particular, I don't even think I saw Urban Cowboy. I don't think I've ever seen it. Oh, um, that's interesting. And, okay, that's and very I, interesting. When the, when the craze happened, I was, um, you know, probably like you, a little bit um, disparaging of, you know, there's Travolta, you know, from New Jersey in the cowboy dots doing the cowboy line dancing. And I'm thinking, boy, you know, I mean... Where where does this trend end? But um, when I, I sort of dug into the research, this movie was based on a 1979 Esquire article about oil riggers. Based on and truth, so I think truth, initially yeah. the intention was probably, um, you know, more um, documentary, but it became something quite different. It became, a Gillies became a tourist trap you know, and um, then in 1990, it burned down to the ground, and there, there was a question about arson. I don't know. Do you know anything about that? Yeah, there was a question of it. I don't know enough about the case to put it in any context of uh, wrongdoing because Mickey Gilly, um, there were no charges brought, and it wasn't the first institution of that nature to have suffered uh a, a fire. They were having financial difficulties. You know what happens. I mean, everything is exploding and you're making money hand over fist and then all of a sudden you recognize you haven't paid taxes and business isn't what it used to be. And the fad, the d- disco went the same way. Did did it not? In In some ways, Urban Cowboy represented Rod Stewart's record do you think i'm sexy this was something that you're not going to be able to replicate over and over and over again there's a specific time and a specific place where uh things in our culture uh provide this takeover so you have this music combined with john travolta still at that period youthful and uh, vigorous with multiple mm-hmm. talents and seen as a uh, as yeah he was box office uh, dynamite he was a he was um, a bonanza in anything that he was a participant in so he provided that uh, that you add with country radio being at the top of its game and had been for a couple of years um uh, my and culturally, culturally, the cowboy style became this, you know, this fad. But and and the phrase "looking for love in all the wrong places" became like a a meme of the time. So you you hear that phrase applied 
so many times to so many situations, it became part of the lexicon. Given the fact that you're dealing with this, the fact that Gillies, and uh, before I go any further, there is Mickey Gilly. Is he still alive? Yes. He had a severe back injury. He was moving a couch for a friend, fell backwards, and was crippled for quite a period of time. Um, And... uh, but no, he's still around, and he's just returned to performing in some capacity. I believe he would. He's a cousin to Jerry Lee Lewis, yeah. He certainly is. He, Jimmy Swaggart, and Mickey used to uh, used to uh, harmonize spirituals when they were young, and uh, each of them, Jimmy Swaggart included. Jimmy Swaggart had a magnificent voice, so yeah, that yeah. Uh, that talent was was in the family, and I appreciated Mickey Gillies. Uh, Recordings. I, I I didn't so much appreciate his covers of songs like "Stand by Me," but um, uh, my favorite Mickey Gilly song is a recording called uh, "A Little Getting Used To," which is one of the more obscure Mickey Gilly tunes. But he certainly was an engine in getting this thing. Rockin' and rollin' because this is a giant bar, but looking for love in all the wrong places also signified the mediocrity and the loneliness of the singles bar. Yes, where people, absolutely. Right? Where people would be looking for some companionship, and the majority of the time you weren't going to find it in a singles bar. Well, like I say, the phrase became universally adopted in a trope. The song was written by Wanda Millette, Bob Morrison, and Patty Ryan. Um, so, you know, for that alone, it became uh, cemented in our consciousness. And let us cement it a little more. Let's t- t- put, this, uh, put this baby on the platter and give a little spin to Johnny Lee's Looking for Love in All the Wong Poises. <laughs> I spent a lifetime looking for you Single bars and good time lovers were never true Playing a fool's game, hoping to win And telling those sweet lies and losing again Sight. And 
I did everything I could to get me through the night Don't know where it started or where it might end I turned to a stranger just like a friend good song. There's no two ways about it being a very good song. It's a very uh, controlled production. The vocal is what one would expect from not a great vocalist, but someone who is able to impart the emotion uh, with as much uh, 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 passion as his gift provides. And And it's part of that uh, slick, urban country uh, juggernaut that has only been getting stronger and stronger. Well, they called it countrypolitan. I wouldn't call it countrypolitan. Yeah, I, I, I wouldn't call it that today because what they've done is they've mixed country in order to stay contemporary in with rap uh, and in with uh, blues, as Chris Stapleton does better than anyone. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, and giving other entertainers a run for their money when you have Justin Timberlake hosting a show where he gets Garth Brooks to make it a form, uh, a uh, appearance and performs with great, great uh, emotion and talent. Um, I've got friends in low places. You see how f- the reach of some of these entertainers, how far the reach is. I don't think there's really been anyone over the last 30 years or so uh, who came out of nowhere who was better than Garth Brooks. Yeah, and it's probably, uh, probably aside from hip-hop, the, um, the thing that kept the record business afloat. Yeah, but, you know, you have... It, it took a turn. Uh, there's, a, there's a fine performer named Eric Church, 
And he wrote a song called Springsteen, which is about growing up with Bruce Springsteen records and the impact that they had on him. I think that when he got the Grammy for that years ago, that was a not-so-subtle change in the exploring the other artists who have tipped their hat to country music and have not been given the credit for it. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think Eric Church is a, is a very, very talented guy. And there's a number of them out there. But for me, because of the purity, some of it sounds like efforts of making pop records uh, more than making country records. Whatever yeah, that it's all, means. It's blurred. Whatever, it's totally yeah, blurred. The lines are blurred. And what does a country record mean? I mean, is, who's from the country anymore? You know, people, you know, right. thank God I'm a country boy. So we listen. To, <laughs> I listen to that song and that commercial. It's, it's, it's in some commercial now all over the place, right? Uh, yes, I think, well, I think it was used for a pancake commercial. A pancake commercial. Well, no, no, this is recent. It's all over. Any time that I, that I wander into the networks, which I rarely do, uh, this commercial is on the air. In any case, whatever country meant, it no longer means to this particular urban cowboy. It has a whole other flair and flavor to it. You're looking for truth in all the wrong places. I'm looking for, I'm looking for... You're looking for light, you're looking for honesty, you're looking for integrity. So we have a, uh, we have a history in this country of, of attaching ourselves to fads and attaching ourselves. Country music is not a fad, ladies and gentlemen. That is not what I'm stating. I'm stating that when, when... Writing when writers and when motion pictures and when culture decides to make a shift, there is an industry that has an incredible way. If the product is palpable, of making it a uh, an empire for a short period of time, and then the empire, much like Gillies, burns to the ground, and then you have to start over again, and you have to examine the roots. Where does this all come from? And um, no mention of Johnny Cash in Urban Cowboy. So uh, that's my final word on the subject. Well, thank you for your, as always, your candor and your insight. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm not saying that this is a um, an earth-shattering record, but it, it, uh, it, it points to uh, a time in our history and a phenomenon that is was worthwhile to to reexamine. Oh no, absolutely. And as I say, it has a it has an indelible place in my personal history as being the first oddly enough <laughs> here's a, here's a motion picture about people drinking a little too much and engaged in in circumstances that are not the healthiest quite often and obsessions and uh the striking of women, and it is not a movie that could be made today in a similar, as Raging Bull could not be made today uh, with the same passions that it employed. And uh, 
unfortunately for some people, passions include having to uh, extend their masculinity to certain places uh, that that's that's completely inappropriate. That film is an example of that, as Raging Bull was an example of that. But you know what? I digress. John Travolta, Deborah Winger, Scott Glenn, Madeline Smith, Barry Corbin, Mickey Gilly, Johnny Lee, Bonnie Raitt, Charlie Daniels, Ellen March, Jerry Hall, and her sister Cindy, all in Urban Cowboy. Mr. Johnny Lee, we thank you for that record. Thank you for Cherokee Fiddle, and I thank you for picking up Strangers. Those three recordings are, uh, are, are, are great recordings. And there's, but Cherokee Fiddle tops the list. Here's a little Cherokee Fiddle. saying, Mez? See what I'm saying? All right. Okay. Mez just gave me the thumbs up, which cannot be seen on a podcast, but we're working on that. We're working on that. (laughs) All right, ladies and gentlemen, we thank you. We love you. We will be back with another episode of Put on a Stack of 45s. Remember to tune in to Captain Billy's Magic 8-Ball. I love you. I thank you for uh, tolerating me, and uh, we will be back with another episode of Put on a Stack of 45s.